Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show present the Weekend Recap. And we are going over everything from Bellator 290 and UFC Vegas insert number here. What a great night it was in MMA. Not a great night for heavyweight legends. We'll get more into that. Also, the UFC have announced their coaches for the next season of The Ultimate Fighter. So all this and more, and it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 264 of the show. I am Noah Baker. I'm one half of your hosting duo. Coming to you from the great state of Indiana, the basketball state, the Hoosier state. Mm. The man to my right, not coming to you from Ohio. He's coming to you from a little state called Tennessee. That's Dominic Salee. Dominic, how are you doing? How is Tennessee? How are things? Uh, You do not have quite the setup you did the last time you visited uh, your girlfriend. Uh, where you, where your your skin and face was just immaculate. I was glowing, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you still look good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I, as you can see, no microphone stand. I'm going Mr. Kennedy today from the WWE, but uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm in Nashville for the weekend. When you guys are hearing this, I'm driving back or already back in Ohio, but recording from Tennessee. First time ever being here. What a wild crazy busy city um i know it's been growing like crazy down here the last like five years and whoo you get to see it everywhere we go we tried to get into a restaurant noah yesterday like a saturday brunch three hour wait see ya (laughs) i'll be seeing you there's more restaurants to go to but uh, it's been fun it's been a fun little visit it's been cool seeing the city spending time with the girly but we gotta talk the fights from this weekend we had two big cards it's kicking off like two straight months of fights every weekend. I'm doing great. I hope you're doing great, my friend. Yep, doing well. Um, I respect your dedication. You know, you have a lot going on this weekend, but two MMA cards in the same day, it takes a special kind of man to, yeah. to get it done. But that's what we do for the people, Dom. Yes. Yes, And uh, I'm glad you put in all that work because that's actually not how we're starting the show today. We are not starting with the fight talk (laughs) because Dominic, Dana White, did a second of his little social media, Twitter special announcement videos where he kind of went live for a couple minutes to announce some things. First time, obviously, he did this was to announce Izzy versus Pajaya 2 and Masvidal versus Burns for UFC 287. Well, Dominic, this time it was about the ultimate fighter. And no, don't turn this off. Do not do not assume the worst here. Because <laughs> Tough got a boost. And it just got real. Yeah. Because, Dominic, your coaches for this upcoming season will be Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. And these two will be fighting each other at some point later this year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Conor had been saying that he was going to be coaching this upcoming season. I think based off of the vast amount of just claims Connor has made of when he's fighting, who he's fighting, where he's fighting, all this stuff, I took it with a grain of salt. I was like, I don't know. I'd love it if they did it, but I just don't think. I think uh, he had his time doing that with Uriah Favor. That was sort of at his rise. Now he's probably too big. 
But no, he's doing it against Michael Chandler. I think this is going to make great TV. And the fact that they're going to be fighting each other at the end is a bit of a boost as well. Not that this fight needs it, but honestly, I'm all for it. Inevitably, it's going to take some shine off of the guys that are competing for this contract, which, you know, that's a catch. That's a bit of a give and take, right? Because you, you make, you get more entertaining TV, but it comes at the expense of the guys who probably should get the shine. Right. But I'm not going to pretend like I'm not going to be watching, which is something I have not been able to say for the last couple of years. What about you, Dom? You are a guy who actually has been watching the Ultimate Fighter since it came back. So I don't even have to ask you if you're going to watch. Question is, though, are you on board with this? Do you support this move to put these two guys this big of a fight in this position? Yeah, I, I think this is pretty awesome. And you want to talk about something that just came out of nowhere. It was just a regular Saturday morning, and booyah, <laughs> here comes Dana yeah. on the socials. The UFC is going all out right now for their 30th anniversary these next couple months. It is wild. These guys are getting ready to go to Vegas here in the next few weeks. I saw Michael Chandler say it's going to air from May to August, and then they will fight sometime after that, which makes sense. USADA did come out and say Connor still needs six months in the testing. Well, it's February. February to August is six months, so it is perfectly lined up. I would imagine that's why they scheduled it that way. The fight's awesome. Like Between those two... It's super exciting. We've kind of talked about that as an option before, as what should be next for both guys. No, I'm actually curious to see how the dynamic's going to be between the two on the show. Because mm. I don't know if Connor can really come at Chandler with like a, a personal side like he has with like Dustin and some other matchups. I think it's going to be fun because Chandler is a very vibrant, outspoken man as well. I feel like this could be a very good mixture of like fun trash talk and really like heated competition, but nothing that gets insanely personal, but mm. I don't know. We, we'll see. You never know what you're going to get with Conor McGregor. He's just a random bag of tricks. So we shall see, but that's what I'm looking forward to most is how the dynamic between the two will be leading into what will inevitably be an insane fight come the fall of 2023. Inevitably like previous seasons of the ultimate fighter that I've watched, They'll probably start with a healthy respect and, you know, cordial, but also like they're both very, what's the word, bombastic personalities. They're both very expressive in their Mm -hmm. emotions. As the weeks go on, they're going to start getting under each other's skin real quick. Mm. You know, someone's going to get the edge over the other. You know, if Michael Chandler's guy wins a week, you know he's going to go fucking nuts and Connor's going to be like, hey, come down. Come down, you know, yeah. like he's going to be kind of like wanting to get it all up in his shit. So um, that's how I kind of see it going. That's a bit of like by the book. That's how tough usually goes. But with these two guys, I don't see how you get all the way to a fight, have them that in that close of proximity. And no matter the level of respect, these two guys are very hungry mm-hmm. and both have to recognize that this is kind of it. I mean, there's a lot on the line here, Dom. Yeah. You know, this yeah. isn't just, this is more than just a season of the Ultimate Fighter, bragging rights, if your team wins, whatever. Dom, I mean, the loser of this potential fight come fall, that might be all she wrote mm. for either guy. Mm. It's kind of the reality that they're both in. And because of that, I think that adds a lot of intrigue, a lot of interest. And, you know, I'll, I'll turn it back to you. I'm assuming, like, yes, you like this fight, but. 
Is this the fight you would make for Connor as his comeback fight? Or did you feel like one of the other options of like, I don't know, Tony Ferguson or Jorge Masvidal or, you know, I know Masvidal got booked, but just like any of those other options that were being tossed around, Max Holloway, like, was this the best one at the end of the day? Yeah, I actually think this is perfect for both guys because Chandler, while still in like title contention, has in a way already ran his course in title contention as well. Maybe, maybe because he's just, he wants to fight anybody and everybody make the most of this couple year run that he has in the UFC. I mean, really look at this man's schedule that he's about to have. Have we ever seen someone fight these big a names in consecutive runs? Like it's just crazy. And I feel like this fight's going to take place at 170. Just because I Connor's so physically large right now, I can't see him ever getting down to 155 again. So in a way, I do actually believe it even favors Connor that it's at 170. He's going to be pretty big compared to Chandler, I would think. But uh, I like it. I really like it. And if it does happen at 155 for some crazy reason, I still like it because Connor's coming back to a fight that isn't necessarily easy or a cakewalk by any means, but it's one that is also in a way, still easily winnable because we've seen Chandler get in these firefights. And when Mm. you're standing with Conor McGregor, that's not a man you want to strike with too long. We've seen him time and time again put people away. And if Chandler can mix in the wrestling dynamic, this has all the makings to be an insane barn burner for as long as it lasts. I really wouldn't have it any other way 24 hours removed from the announcement, honestly. I'll put it like this. Just... Very simple here. Connor should not and likely will not be favored in this fight. Michael Chandler should be the favorite going in here. I think so, yeah. Even if it's 170 pounds. But it is one of the more winnable fights for Connor in terms of a guy who still feels like an elite lightweight or welterweight, whatever you want to say there, um, in the world. The style of it, Michael Chandler, heavy on offense, lacks some of that defense on the feet. That's kind of tailor-made for Connor a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy who lets his guard down, who doesn't defend the punches as well. But we've seen Connor's chin be tested. You know, Can Michael Chandler knock him out? Can he put him down? I think he can. So I think it's going to be an amazing fight. I'm beyond excited for it. Um, hopefully it actually does end up happening. I mean, there's no official date and Connor's still got to get in the USADA pool. Yeah. You know, not, I'm sure the UFC would never pull any, any strings for Connor. Right. But right. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all for that. And I'm going to definitely be tuning into the ultimate fighter just to see what's going on. 100%. But with that, Dom, we'll transition into a little Bellator. Bellator 290 was Saturday. This was on CBS on, um, what else was it on? It was on Paramount Plus. And yep. uh, this was one of the bigger events Bellator's had in their time with Showtime and whatnot. You know, this this felt like a pretty big deal. And that's because, Dom, it was the retirement fight for one, Fedor Milianenko, perhaps the best heavyweight in MMA history. I think me and Dom may slightly differ in that, uh, in that assumption. But... No doubt one of the best mm-hmm. fighters of all time, one of the best heavyweights of all time. And he was in a title fight here opposite Ryan Bader, a man who had knocked him out previously in a Grand Prix final matchup just a couple years ago. 
And Dominic, the result wasn't too much different here. Ryan Bader dominates on his way to a first-round TKO victory two and a half minutes into the first round. It's sort of what I said was going to happen on Friday. Like, I'm glad Fedor was getting his shine. He got his moment. It was an event that felt like it was a send-off for him. It was on CBS, so it got a lot of attention. Yeah. But at the end of the day, these two have to actually go fight each other. And there was no doubt in my mind that Ryan Bader was likely going to win this fight and do it pretty easily. And that's that's kind of what happened here. Any takeaways you had for this specific fight? Um, it, Fedor, I think, finally looked like he should be retired in a way. You know mm. what I mean? Because like even a year and a half ago when he returned from a hiatus... He looked really good against Tim Johnson, right? I know it's obviously not prime Fedor, but he still looked like he had gas in the tank. But last night, there was just a big difference. Uh, the speed of Bader was there. The power was there. Uh, once he got Fedor down, there was no getting up, and he he's not going to give up the opportunity to try and get that ground and pound TKO. So it's an awesome win for Bader. It's a bittersweet win for Bader. You could tell he was very appreciative uh, toward Fedor and really gave him his chance to have that swan song. And, you know, it just plays more to the narrative, right? How often do we see legends in this game and not even legends, but people that are just been prominent for a while and that are retiring rarely. And I mean, rarely do we get to see these fighters go out on top. And this is another perfect example. I saw many people in the community saying much of the same. So, uh, you know, it's sad to see a legend go out like this, but his, his legacy had already been written. You know what I mean? If he beats Bader last night and wins that title, that's just another feather in the cap. Um, it'd be an awesome way to end your career, but he's been cemented as a legend for years now. He's a pioneer for the heavyweight division. Fedor's the man. Yeah, it's the end of an era in a lot of ways. Um, Shogun, of course, was also from that era, and he yeah, just uh, yeah. retired. So this was really it. I mean, what a career for Fedor. You know, Tom Brady got a lot of the talk for his retirement in the NFL. Yeah. Fedor had been fighting even longer than Tom Brady had been playing football. So Crazy. Um, and for a guy that was just on top for most of his career, yeah, of course, he, he really did start to dip in, like, the 2010s. But mm -hmm. to still be competing at such a high level for a promotion that is pretty good in Bellator, you know, they have some good talent there. It's really impressive. Did you see afterwards the picture that they took in the in the cage with all the legends, dude? I Good mean, on talk Bellator. About yeah, I mean, having all these guys in there, I was looking at Hoist Gracie, Rampage Jackson, Chuck Liddell, Matt Hughes, mm -hmm. uh, Chales even. I saw him in the mm -hmm. back. And so many guys. Frank Shamrock was in that Mark picture. Coleman. I mean, Mark Coleman. Just so it many awesome. legends. Yeah. It also made me a little sad, like, just looking at it, like, man, like, what a yeah. – what a. I know I didn't experience it live, but I lived through like all that vicariously by rewatching yeah. all these. Um, yeah, it was just like you know, you're just looking around like, wow, look at these guys. Like, yeah, it was a bit of that Paul Rudd meme. Like, look at us. Like, yeah, the thought. Not me. yeah, it really it felt like the ending of the Pride Never Die era. Like, obviously, Pride mm -hmm. and the memories are always there, but Fedor retiring really kind of put the needle in it man it's crazy yeah and we had two other fights that i wanted to talk about dom your co-main event saw johnny evelyn make the first defense of his title he wins a unanimous decision against anatoly tokov and we opened our main card 
with a really fun scrap between Brendan Ward and Sabah Hamasi. Ward gets the second round TKO a minute 34 seconds in. And Dominic, I got to go ahead and say it here. The coolest part of the night, outside of that picture with all the legends in the octagon, was when Brennan Ward won this fight, and he brought in another legend into the cage. None other than my guy, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. And Dominic, I freaked out a little bit. I, I saw, freaked out a little bit seeing my man JCVD in the cage. I was raised on this man's movies. My mom was in love with the guy, mm-hmm. so she constantly had his movies on. So that was really my like one of my early movie memories was watching Jean-Claude Van Damme action movies. So everybody always says, you know, the debate for the best action star of that time is always yeah. Schwarzenegger versus Stallone. You know, you've got some guys who like, um, who else? Like Bruce Willis had Die Hard and some others. Chuck Norris had some really bad action movies at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, all these guys. And uh, who am I forgetting? Steven Seagal, another yeah. one who had a lot of cheesy action movies at that time. But my guy has always been Jean Claude. I've always said that's my favorite action hero. And damn it, it was just good to see him. So I, I, it was like my that was my moment of the night. It didn't get any higher until it did when they brought all the legends of MMA into the cage. So. Uh, what a moment it was. But fights themselves, I think they started this main card really hot. I mean, Brennan Ward, Sabah Hamasi was a scrap and a half. And I, I shouldn't have expected any less. Hamasi has always down for a fun scrap. And since Brennan Ward has come back, of course, yeah. he has a great comeback story. We've talked about that on the show. He's been in very, it's, His comeback's been very violent. Yeah. And uh, this was no different. He looks damn good, too, by the way. And uh, a great win for him. Dominic, I'll, I'll let you th- give your two cents on that fight, and then you can kind of lead us in with the Eblen Tokov, uh, your takeaways there as well. Yeah, Brennan's story is awesome, dude. The guy that had, what, a near five-year layoff, comes back, he's won three straight fights via second-round TKO. Now he beat number eight, Homasi. He's going to be in the rankings when Bellator does him again. It really is just an awesome story. He's a fun, electric fighter. And, of course, he brought in John claude Van Damme. So, no, I love that part. Mm-hmm. For the second title fight, Johnny Eblen and uh, Tokov, it was it was a good little scrap, right? I just mm-hmm. feel like Eblen, what did we – What? well, you said it more than me on, uh, on the preview show Friday. You just felt like as the fight would go on, you were leaning more toward the biggest strength in that fight, which was the grappling and the wrestling of Eblen. Mm-hmm. And that's really what he had to fall back on. He was able to do it successfully. He went to Suplex City in the fifth round with a big over the head uh, (sighs) takedown. So Johnny Eblen, man, I kind of, yeah, I'm just very intrigued at what can he string together a multi defense title ring? Can he really kind of make something here? He's 31. He's in his prime right now. He has that skill set to fall back on, but he's not going to be too far behind on the feet either with a lot of these matchups. It's just, I think it's an interesting what we can get out of Evelyn as a champion. I really believe he can do it, Dom. I think yeah. uh, Luke Thomas put a tweet out there. I'm not going to get it word for word, but I thought he really summarized it well that if you take every champion and UFC, Bellator, and maybe we'll even throw in PFL, and you compare their level of talent versus the level of recognition they get, yeah, Johnny Eblen, I think, gets the most lopsided of any champion among yeah. those three promotions because yeah. 
I think this guy could be competing for a title in the UFC. And yet he's here in Bellator and his wrestling is so damn good. His cardio is really good. He's got good power, even if like technically speaking, he's not necessarily going to be getting too much of an edge over a lot of guys in the stand-up. But I'm just really impressed with what I've seen from him. Dominic, two of the three judges scored this fight of 49-46. Mm-hmm. That means that was the first time, first round, that yeah. Johnny Evelyn had lost in his entire MMA career. That's insane. That is insane. And he's 14-0, and 13-0 now. 13-0 and so. now. And just fought Yegard Musasi, by the way, and swept him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like That's saying a lot. That that really is, and I, I just don't see. I mean, Tokov put up a valiant effort here. Round one, yeah. like the round that I think the two judges gave to him was round two. Not sure if I agree with that, but round one, even though I kind of thought Eblin got the got it at the end, I was a little nervous going into rounds two, three, four because Tokov stuffed almost every takedown attempt Eblin had in round one. Yeah, but kind of like how you pointed out at the beginning. As time goes on in that fight, you trust the guy who has that elite yep. skill that he'll yep. find a way. You know, he didn't get hurt all that much on the feet. He got laid a couple good shots got through, yeah. but ultimately, you know, he didn't slow down. Tokov just couldn't keep up with the 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 level that pace they they were going and yeah. Eventually you tire down and you can't stop those takedowns as much. You're not as quick foot to to get out of the way of those. So um, it was a good performance. Not not like a great fight. Not a fight we'll probably be talking about too much at the the end of the year. But mm-hmm. just a solid first step in Johnny Evelyn's title reign. I, I can't say anything less about it. Well, Dom, there was another guy on this card who I want to give a shout out to because we had actually just talked about him in our, one of our latest Cage Side Rewinds. Mm-hmm. Lorenz Larkin, yeah, putting in his claim. For the posterizer, Joey, right away with a nasty elbow kind of in the clinch a little bit. Um, Lorenz Larkin, low-key, like, really (laughs) good. Like, we noticed this when we were talking about him on cage side. I was like, yeah, I feel like his career, he kind of fizzled out. UFC sort of moved on from him, and then he's kind of been, you know, just in the middle of the road in Bellator. And then we looked, and it was like, well, he's he's only lost one fight in Bellator. Like, yeah. the guy's actually been fighting at a really high level. I don't understand how he's still kind of fighting these guys on the outside looking in. No kidding. Like, why isn't he getting a bit of a boost? Why isn't he fighting ranked guys? I'd, Bellator's matchmaking can get a little goofy sometimes. Yeah. But the fact that I literally thought Lorenz Larkin had been just this 500 fighter for the last six years is yeah. pretty sad once you really look at the tape and you're like, wait a minute. This guy's still doing this. He's not even losing. He's actually winning almost every fight he's been in since that cage side we watched from 2016. Yeah. Give my man a big fight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a guy like he never even got cut from the UFC. I think he became a free agent, decided to leave and sign with Bellator. And he's literally been on a tear. He hasn't lost in Bellator since September of 2017. Noah, that is absolutely insane. The win streak he's on. And you really did pose a great question. Why? 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 That, that clip of the pastor. I, I don't understand why, like, even here, he was a plus 165 underdog, comes in and gets a brutal first-round knockout. Can we please give him a step up? He's 36. It's not like, you know, he's still got some time left in this game. He's showing he can win. 
let's give the guy the step up to the ranked opponents. That's what I'm saying. This is nuts. I mean, the guy's yeah. beating everybody. He's only lost this, once. What are we doing? This is now the official podcast of Lorenz Larkin. This is what we are. And I mean, he was deep on the prelims here. I'm like, what are yeah. we doing here? I don't know. It's weird, dude. It's weird. But what? A, but hey, man, we might be talking about that when we get to the the end of the year, the posterizer. Even yes, I think I think um, Scott Coker was calling us out a bit. If you saw his tweet, I think it was directed at our Joes here, mm. where he said, "Let's make sure to keep that fight in mind when we get to knock out of the year discussion." I was like, "Okay, right. note taken." Uh-huh. I mean. <laughs> I think Scott Coker feeling a little slighted by the lack of love Bellator's been getting with the Joeys. We've been giving PFL a lot of love. Yeah, the yeah. Joey yeah. going to one of their guys, not getting the same love for Bellator. So, all right, mess. We hear you loud and clear, Scott. We yes. will. We will make note of it. Yes. Anyways, let's talk about the UFC main event, Dom. All right. Because the polar bear is coming. I had a hard time getting the <laughs> headline for this one, yeah. but. Yeah. Uh, the polar bear is coming, and Sergey Spivak looked pretty dominant here against Derek Lewis. Three minutes, four seconds of round number one was when the submission uh, took place. That's when the fight ended. And afterwards, Dom, my boy Spivak been working on his English. Yeah. No. Did not use the translator in the post-fight. Michael Bisping trying to get Spivak to, to give some sort of call out. A bit of an awkward exchange there. <laughs> and then Spivak just called out John Jones, and he said, uh, I actually respect the hell out of John Jones, by the way. But, you know, I'm coming, bro. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Good on you, Spivak, because, yeah. you know, I'm sure everybody thought that call out was very serious before he made it clear that, you know, I respect him. I'm just, I'm coming. Yeah. It, we, we have two Sergeys in the top 10 now of the heavyweight division. <laughs> in one day, they're probably going to have to fight each other either for a title or to get to a title fight, Noah. What can you even say about this? I, I came in on Friday a little bit more on the side of Spivak than you just because of the layoff and Derek had had the injury. Mm-hmm. And I just I didn't know what else could have done good for Lewis during these three months where the fight was supposed to take place. But man, I mean, if Sergey gets wrapped around you, good luck. Good luck. You just have to try and survive and get to a different round so he's not on you. That's what this was here. He absolutely just drowns people and he drowned Derek Lewis here Derek Lewis a man that has been prided on being able to just stand up when he's on the ground it did not happen like that in this fight and even if he was able to get up with the fence he went right back down face first Mm -hmm. may I add a few different times too it was kind of brutal but uh Spivak in his prime now he's been racking off many consecutive wins many consecutive uh KO TKO victories now he's doing it against big name ranked opponents it's a matter of time, Noah, and he's going to put himself right there with where Sergey Pavlovich has done it. Like, I'm pretty sure I've said it with him. A matter of if, not when, he challenges for a title. I'm starting to lean that way with Sergey Spivak here too, Noah. Interested on your thoughts. Yeah, this is the, like you said, second Sergey in the top ten. And people like me are going nuts over this because it gets very frustrating every time one of these two fight. And I have to look up to make sure, is it spelled with an H-E-I or with an E-Y? Because depending on where you look, exactly, (laughs) it's different. And uh, I'm just going to chalk that one up to a bit of a culture thing that I'm just not privy to. But, man, that is going to be a tough time when, let's say, uh, one of these guys wins a title or fights for a title. I mean, which one are we going with, UFC? 
Is yeah. it H-E-I or E-Y? Let's yeah. figure it out. We need to figure yeah. it out now. But I will just say Spivak looked really good here. But I also feel like Derek Loomis just looked pretty bad. Yeah. Like, you know, it's 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 a shame because Derek Lewis is great. He's a, he's arguably a legend of the heavyweight division. I yeah. mean, the guy's just had a lot of big moments in the cage. Yeah. And I mean, we've all been kind of waiting for that that slide, that decline that he would inevitably fall to. It seemed like every time he got to this point, he would kind of bounce back and get a, yeah. a really good knockout to make you think, okay, he's got a little bit more left. But this time it seemed more final. It seemed yeah. like this was kind of okay. He might come back and win another fight or two, but in terms of him being in a main event picture in any capacity, I think this kind of closed the door on that. Yeah. Um. Just didn't show a whole lot. So I mean, for Spivak, yes, it's a good win. But truthfully, Dom, I'm still not super confident that in this guy and making a lot of noise in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I like the polar bear. I think he's got a good skill set. He did not necessarily answer any of my questions about Spivak because it felt like he was going up against sort of a corpse of Derek Lewis, like a yeah. like a really yeah. just washed up version of him. And I'm going to need to see him do this kind of performance against a guy who's still pretty at a pretty good level in the UFC heavyweight division. Let's see him do that against his fellow Sergey. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know who like uh I mean Curtis Blades, obviously. I think one of those that, two. You know. Yeah. But I don't know what his next matchup will be. He'll be ranked in the top ten and I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna really match make for him, but whatever it is, bring it on. Yeah, I think what's clear is that more than likely in his next fight we'll at least get to see him tested a bit more at least so you would think to really try and prove he is amongst the title contenders Mm. now i think that's what we'll get next yeah we will move on to some fight announcements more on that card a little bit later but dominic for our fight announcements we had a little bit of main event shakeup here Mm, Corey sanhagen yep agreed Corey sanhagen versus marlon vera has been moved to the main event spot of march 25th in san antonio Oh, yeah. So out of the apex they go in the San Antonio. Great move. And because of that, Dom, guess who gets bumped to the main event of February 18th? Yep. Taylor Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield. The UFC heard our calls for it, yep. and they did it. And I'm very happy for it. But I will say there is one huge problem here. Oh, boy. And that's that that February 18th card, P.U. I mean, Dominic. A little on the weak side. I love the main event. I am so yeah. happy. It's actually one of my favorite main events coming up in terms of just getting the shine right. they deserve. Right. But the rest of that card made last night's main card look like UFC 217. I mean, Whew. and that's saying a lot, brother. Whew. I mean, I'm pretty sure the co main event of um, that card on February 18th is uh, no Jordan Wright's fighting in the co-main which i mean jordan wright can be in fun fights but like really co-main spot and i i can't remember who he's fighting but the matchup does not inspire a ton of confidence really the main card you can you realize now when san hagen vera were on this card that was a great one-two punch right the them and then santos blanchfield Mm -hmm. 
But now they took one of the big fights off, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa. Yeah. This ain't looking too pretty. So yeah. hopefully they ain't going to because we're two weeks away. Yeah. But I would hope that, like, maybe just throw a little something else on there. It ain't going to happen. But uh, I'm going to be happy watching just because that main event. We've had plenty of fight night cards that have been underwhelming in terms right. of the, of the you know, full the names uh, and all lineup that. and right yeah. now. But I'm just glad we're not getting, you know, a main event that also. I'll take a really good main event on a fight night and the rest of the main card be weak than have a slightly better main card and the main event be weak. Yeah. Give me a really yeah. good main event that deserves it. These two, they need to show they can go five rounds. I think it's perfect. I'll take it. But also, that was a really long-winded uh, introduction for that. But also, Dom, this was actually announced back in November, but I looked back at some of our old sheets, and we actually didn't talk about this. So mm-hmm. they showed on the broadcast uh, this month's Bellator 291, February 25th, will be headlined by title versus title. Yep. <laughs> Yaroslav Amasov will finally be making his return to defend his undisputed title against the interim champion, Logan Storley. So I think that fight is, like, great. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. really excited for that. Logan Storley, say what you will about his fight style, but the guy looks damn good while doing it. While Amasov has obviously had a lot of turmoil in his life, he is, of course, from the Ukraine, and with everything going on over there, he took time off to actually go over there and be a part of the effort. Yeah. So really great stuff from him and what a fucking badass he is. But now he comes back to defend his crown. I think this fight's awesome. I think it's a great main event for Bellator 291. I believe it's in Ireland because a lot of the main card had uh, Irish fighters on it. I got chills thinking about that. Yeah. So that crowd is going to be really, really hot. And uh, yeah, these are all these moves here for the fight announcements today. Can't even complain. It really is A-pluses across the board. And for those that don't know about Amasov, get ready to know. Because let's not mm. forget, Noah, this is a man that's 26-0. and 0, Never mm. lost. He's been out for a while, but he's a damn good fighter. Logan Storley, a damn good interim champion. It's in Ireland. Every time Bellator goes to Ireland, the crowd is electric. Of course, they have Peter Queeley on the card. Because what Ireland card doesn't have Peter Queeley <laughs> on it? It's going to be fun. Two events for Bellator in February good on them for giving us more than one hopefully they promote it let's go baby yeah there's there's, i was looking at the card i was like you know what this is pretty good stuff uh uh, zabit's brothers on the prelims yep uh that irish prospect i always forget how to say his first name is it sierran clark or oh i forget he's an irish prospect as well uh sinead cavanaugh is always down for a good scrap she's on there so they're really bringing out the Irish talent, but then I'm excited to see Zabit's brother, Kassan, I think is how you say his first mm-hmm. name, Magomed Sharipov. Maybe talk your brother into coming back. You know, Zabit doesn't need to be a doctor. He needs to be fighting people in the cage. But. At least when his brother fights, we get to see Zabit's face on the TV again. That's what's great. <laughs> maybe that'll maybe being in that hot of a crowd in that environment, that'll get the juices flowing. It'll be like, yeah. you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm back. I'm back. I hope so. <laughs> Um, let's get on to the rest of the UFC card from Saturday. Duho Choi, Kyle Nelson had a pretty fun fight. Unfortunately, Dom, it ends in a majority draw. Yeah. So there's been a lot of debate about the point deduction on yeah. behalf of Duho Choi. What looked like an incidental clash of heads ended up 
with uh, was it Tanyoni that was ref in I this one? So. Yeah, ended with Tanyoni actually deducting a point from Duho Choi, and that ultimately cost him the win here, a much needed win there, I add, as he ends up in a majority draw here. What did you think about the point deduction? Because in my opinion, I think that's I, I'm not against more point deductions in MMA. I think sometimes right. they let too much shit go. Yeah. But this felt like almost a step too far into that direction where it was like, really? Like, yeah. that was worthy of deducting a point? I'm like, I don't feel like any bit of that was, one, uh, premeditated or whatever you want to call it, right. intentional. Right. And two, I didn't feel like it caused a significant amount of damage to where Kyle Nelson was like all of a sudden compromised for the rest of the fight. What did you think? Yeah, this was a tough one, even watching it, especially when you add in the fact that Duho Choi was winning that fight, um, and he really did need a win. And honestly, even for Kyle Nelson, like this is a guy that I think is one and four in the UFC. So even if he wasn't on his way to winning, you never know. Maybe he would have did something crazy at the end of that round or something. I don't know, whatever. But he did, it's two guys that needed a win. That's at the end of the day. And nobody gets a win. It's a draw. No, I don't know. When I saw the headbutt, like, I feel like Michael Bisbing kind of worded it how you just did. We need, I, I don't have a problem with getting more point deductions because then I think it sets a precedent of, okay, if you mess up, you're going to get punished. And so inevitably, hopefully anyways, that would lead to less of those in the future. But this one, I don't know if, if it was a good example to set that precedent going forward. Maybe if there was a bad cut that came out from it mm. or... If Nelson was severely damaged, maybe you take a point. But this one, it kind of just quickly happened, spur of the moment thing. And they were still kind of going for positioning when Tanyoni took a separated them and took the point. He looked at the replay even after a couple times and still determined to take the point away. So I don't know. I, I don't think there should have been a point taken. But I also find myself thinking maybe we do need more point deductions in general. I don't know. It's hard. That's that's the that's the problem, right? Yeah. Is that I'm all for it, but it's like okay, I within reason. I yeah, don't maybe feel like not there that was, one. <laughs> I just don't feel like there was much reason to do it here. Yeah. It was like okay, Tanyoni, now you decide to fucking step up, yeah, yeah. dude. Didn't yeah. you just ref fucking Glover to share his fight with Jamal Hill? I don't know. Was he the ref of that fight? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if he was, it's like okay, dude. Now you choose. Now it's like, yeah. whoa, way too much damage there. Okay, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, But I don't know if he roughed that fight. I'm not going <laughs> to. I don't want to be throwing stones yeah. at Tanyoti for something he didn't, he didn't, uh, had no part in. But anyways, I want to just mention the road to the UFC winners, Dom, uh -huh, because uh -huh. uh, those tournaments wrapped up here. We're gonna have a really tough time here, so be easy now. Bear with me. This yeah. I'm about to go. I'm about to go championship rounds with these names <laughs> right now. Ancho Jubilee, yeah. Lee Jong Young, Rinya Nakamura, Park Young Sung. Those are your four winners of the Road to the UFC tournament. I will just say, Rinya Nakamura had a fucking phenomenal knockout. Yeah, one bunch. deserves a little bit of shine. Um, didn't have too much takeaways from anything else. I mean, Park Hyun Sung had a good submission win, but you know, I I don't know what to really make of these guys. Actually, one of our commenters, Vispian, shout out to them. Yes, they commented and actually gave us gave us quite a bit of info about some of the guys that were fighting in this uh, finals here. So, you know, they always say like you know ball or you know puck or whatever. I don't know what the term would be for 
for for fighting. But Vispian is, is no. he, they know Vispian <laughs> knows ball. Okay, yeah, that's fact. Vispian Vispian knows punch. All right, that's that's how I look at it. So shout out to them, and I think it did help me in kind of recognizing like when I was watching these fights, it felt like I had a little more understanding of who these people were. So shout out yeah. to them for that. Yeah, I want to say quickly, I saw a quick snippet. I love Brendan Fitzgerald on um, social media. He has the good clips from his podcast, and he sits down with people from the UFC and stuff. And he sat down with um, Gooden, who was on commentary last night. By the way, we forgot on Friday, shout mm-hmm. out Laura Sanko, first female color, color commentator in the modern era to do the fight. So she did great last night. We knew it was a matter of time. She done uh, very well on Contender Series. And Gooden was back in the booth last night. It was just a really good feel-good moment for them. But he sat down with Gooden, and he kind of just said, because Gooden's from the UK, and he follows them a lot and does a lot of work for those fighters. And he's like, what's kind of your biggest thing right now at the UFC? What excites you the most? And he said, it's the international growth, the international markets. And I wanted to say that really fast because quickly for Jubilee, who was one of the winners of the Road to the UFC show last night, first fighter from India to get a win in the UFC. Wow. So it just continues to show the growth of the sport and where it's mm. hitting in these markets. So I just kind of wanted to mention that there as well. That is actually insane that that was the first fighter from India to win. Cause India is one of the top three. My geography is going to hugely populated. One of the, one of the top three <laughs> yeah. most populated. I always forget if it's one, two or three, right. but it, that China and the United States, I'm pretty sure the three most populated uh, areas in the world. So um, that's actually kind of crazy that yeah. for such a populated area, this is the first time that a guy's come in and want to fight in the UFC. So yeah. that's actually awesome. And yeah, I mean, Laura Sanko did a great job last mm-hmm. night. I mean, we we we're, we're pretty nice to these commentators. I mean, we still like DC and you know mm-hmm. Joe Rogan and everybody fucking hates those guys. It seems like if you, <laughs> yeah, if you uh, listen to Twitter. So, um, yeah, I thought she did a great job and well deserved. And it is kind of funny that like in a time where it feels like women are finally breaking down all these doors and barriers that have been up for them for our entire lifetimes, Dom. The UFC won. Really <laughs> had a yeah. woman on yeah. commentary. So UFC just constantly been the pinnacle yeah. of uh, leading the charge from the front lines for women in this industry. No, but in all seriousness, well deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the girl that was kind of doing the like Megan O'Leary role uh, last night? Was she at her first card, or has she been doing them for a little bit? I think I've seen her do a couple things here and there. I am. I, I forget her name, name, but she's also very good too. Yeah. So I mean, I just yeah. more talent, the better, you know, in the yes. UFC. For sure. Um, we'll also mention one more fight early on you, your prelims. You have to. Tatsuro Tyra, Dom. Dude, this guy's the real deal. He's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, Damn right, he's a problem. <laughs> Now, his opponent here was not really expected to beat him. I think Tyra was like a minus 1,200 or something. Uh, But Jesus Santos Aguilar. Mm -hmm. But Tyra, this guy, when he puts a submission on you, you are not getting out. And he is so slick with it, so quick with it, at 125 pounds. I'm not going to say it. I was going to say, I was going to call my shot and say, Tyra, future UFC flyweight champion. I need to see it done against some good competition or like better, you know, guys up more to his skill level. Yeah. 
but I'm really close to making that. I'm really close to Babe Ruth in that shot and calling Tyra future champion. What do you think, Dom? Where do you stand? Dude, he's 13 and 0. What is his age here? He's 23 years old. 13 and 0, 10 finishes. The dude's an ace on the ground. 3 and 0 now in the UFC with two straight subs. Maybe I'll be with you. I almost wanted to be like, if Noah doesn't do it, I'll do it. I'll hold off for one more fight. <laughs> but I'll tell you this right now. If he doesn't get top 15 next, it's blasphemous and it's disrespectful mm. because he deserves it. This kid, and I'm allowed to call him kid because we're older than him. Mind-boggling <laughs> stats. Some of these That's guys crazy. we're starting to see now we're older than. It's kind of scary. We're old now, but he deserves top 15. And then if he wins, I may just come on and say it if Noah doesn't in our yeah, next time yeah. talking about it. Once again, another example of this being knowing known ball because uh, talked about him a long they, time ago. Yeah, yeah, so just another example of it. So shout out yeah. to them. But Dominic, that's it for all the fights. That's it for all the news. But there's only one way we end the show around here, and that's what the little segment we like to call closing statements. Mm. Where me and Dom can talk about anything and everything, MMA related or not. Dominic, I'm actually gonna take this one first. Feel free. I had to do it because Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, made an appearance on the Bellator broadcast. I think it'd be too niche to ask anybody what their favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie is because not everybody is as – it's not as much of a religious experience for everybody as it is for me. Right. But I will ask you, Dom, mm. of that time period, the 80s, 90s, what is your favorite action movie of that time period? If you've seen a fucking movie from that time period, because I know Dominic doesn't watch movies. Okay, so I've seen a couple of his films with my dad, and dad will randomly say some of the lines in in uh, the fight. Fun fact, I know you're going to love this. Dr. Disrespect loves Jean-Claude Van Damme, so maybe you can... Wait, really? <laughs> He's a big Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. He quotes him all the time in his stream, so That's I thought hilarious. you'd like that. Oh, man. No, I just haven't seen as many of the movies. So I guess if you are going to put me on the spot and have me answer one that I have for sure seen, I guess I do go Terminator. I think Terminator and Terminator 2 specifically. I really mm. enjoy Terminator 2. So I'll go there, which leads me with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm just going to pick that one because I haven't seen as many as I know that Noah has. So I'll give you that one. Hopefully okay. you can respect no, that's, me. That's enough. actually that's probably the best of that time period. Terminator yeah. 2 is Ooh, that's a good film. maybe the best action movie ever made. Mm. Maybe. Mm. I mean, John Wick's coming to that for that throne, but mm. you know, I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but Terminator 2 is phenomenal. Yeah. I'm going to give an answer that is not actually one of the best, but it's my favorite. And of course it's going to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's going to be a little movie called sudden death. Have you heard of this one, Dom? Again, maybe I've seen it, but I wouldn't know much detail about it. This I is a big just, Dave thing. Hold on, hold on. I may have just. Oh did no! I just flubbed the title oh, of that. No. All I think it's sudden. I think it's sudden death. But for some reason, there may be. I, then I start thinking of a second movie. I'm like, wait, is that called sudden death? You're having death. It's no. Okay, it's it's sudden death. Okay. 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 He. A lot of his movies are <laughs> named somewhat similar, so it's it's easy. You have maximum risk and all these yeah. types of movies. Sudden death is literally die hard in a hockey arena. <laughs> the NHL all-star game, I believe is what's going on. I, I know it takes place in Pittsburgh. It's like the penguins arena. So I don't know. It might be a penguins game, but it's, it's literally like Jean-Claude Van Damme works there 
and these guys are trying to take over the arena. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes John McClane on their asses like Die Hard. Yeah. And then I'm Dom at the end of the movie. No spoilers. <laughs> so turn this off if you don't want to be spoiled. At least a big moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I Jean Claude actually goes at some point goes out on the ice and is like playing hockey to try to stop. Okay. It's got a little bit of threat level midnight in it. Thank you. That's what I was about to say. But okay, you took it from me. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You just described so, a real movie and an all-time classic in threat level midnight. You know what I think my favorite part of um, just Jean-Claude's movies is he has this super thick accent, right? Yeah. He is he is yeah. not from America. He's But he has super thick accent. But all the movies of this time have him, like, (laughs) playing these, like, average Joe Americans. And I'm like, in what fucking world is a guy looking and sounding like that who you just see at the gas station? Yeah. Like, I don't think so. Doing the fucking splits in every movie he's in. Yeah. That's good stuff. I love him. I love him. (sighs) So that's it. Dominic, you you got one today? I just want to say one quick thing on top of the 80s, 90s, specifically 90s for me. The movies are terrible, but I love them so much. And I just have to go with all three of the live action in person Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies from the 90s. They're so cheesy, but they crack me up. And I think they're just fantastic. I I have a lot of good memories of those as well. But man, I'll tell you what, the first and second, the first one especially, I think kind of holds up. Yeah. Like I would still say like, you know, it's pretty solid kids movie and I can still watch it. Second one, definitely more of a kids movie, but still solid. Yeah. That third one, it's oof, yeah, yeah, big drop. That's that's bad. <laughs> that's Turtles in Time. Yeah. Oof, God, that's a bad movie. But oh. man, I remember love it. Actually, I think that might have been my favorite one as a kid. That's what's so Dude. funny. There's just some one-liners in there from some of the turtles that are so funny, and it's like the costumes and the way that they look. It's just oh man, I just love it so. Yeah, I was I, lo- I I was on the page on the Wikipedia page for sudden death. And I was reading the plot because I was like, he did go on the ice, right? I'm not just thinking of threat level midnight. It's <laughs> been a while since I've seen this movie. Yeah, but no, literally, his name's Darren in the movie. And it's literally I'm reading the synopsis. Says, At one point, Darren, dressed as the Pittsburgh goalie to escape the thugs, enters the game and successfully defends a shot on goal. <laughs> well, it's clear that threat level midnight. The inspiration clearly is that movie. Like, <laughs> I would, I would guess bar, so. Word for word, <laughs> that's what. I know. They, fucking Michael Scott stole his whole fucking flow. <laughs> exactly. No, but it, it's a that's. I think that movie is actually good. Because yeah. it is a bit of a ripoff of Die Hard, but I stand by it, and it's a solid movie. And go. it's so cheesy and fun, and I mean, a, he's literally playing fucking goalie at the end of the movie. Like, it doesn't get any better. And you know another movie? There's another... Speaking of sports movies, Mm -hmm. that probably should have been the question, to be honest with you. But um, you know what? Maybe I'll save it. Maybe We'll do sports movies as the next closing statement. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So be prepared, Dom. Do your homework. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Any other... Did you have anything else for closing statements? That's what I got. I just had to show some love to the Turtles. Okay. But uh, my name is Noah Baker. That's Dominic Sleeve. We are but just two of the below average Joes, and we'll see you guys on.